This is the iSell Podcast. Each week, we publish an interview with top industry leaders to help educate you on your business journey. Check out iSellNetwork.com for more interviews and materials to help train, motivate, and inspire you. Now, here's your host, Zach Johnson. Hey, guys. What's going on? Uh, Coming to you here, episode six of the iSell Podcast. Got a really uh, awesome guest here today uh, from Omaha, entrepreneur, I think she's got a lot of stuff. I've, I've been kind of looking at her bio, and it looks like there's going to be a lot of uh, good nuggets to come out of this thing. Um, Rochelle DeFonso, how's it going? I am well. How are you, Zach? Thanks I'm, for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Austin does a good job of getting really amazing people here, so I'm excited to yeah, see where this he takes He knows us. the best, that's for sure. And, and, he, yeah, and he is the best as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's yeah. one of them. VIP, We've known each other a long time. VIP. <laughs> how, how did you guys meet? School. Yeah. High school. Really? Yeah. Like homies. Like yeah. original. Oh, yeah. I like yep. it. I like it. Original OGs, red hair. Now, cool. Now we're old. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> All of a sudden, we're like 40s around the corner. Yeah. My beard is filled with gray hairs. It's it's semi-gray. Yeah, I'm going to fill it with, wrap it with sage soon anyway, so. Yeah. You look good. You look yeah. good. Thanks. So um, we, the whole point of, of the podcast is really to try to inspire people uh, that are in sales or in business that I think for a lot of people, we, they look at it and it's, it's glamorous to be an entrepreneur. I think entrepreneurs become like a really cool thing to be or like, Hey, I'm the CEO of my own company. And I think it's become such a, with social media, it's, it's like pushed this big, like image of like, this is, this is so much fun. But I think a lot of people miss, uh, a lot of the the work and the effort it takes and the amount of stress and stuff that you kind of take on when, when you become that. And so that's, I think, I mean, I'd like to start with kind of your journey and it seems like it's, it's quite vast. There's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's happened. You know, I've had a crazy life. It's been awesome. So yeah. So I was a supply chain analyst at ConAgra and when they went to Chicago, laid off 3,000 people, they sold their private brands division. So then I was acquired by Treehouse Foods, worked there for a couple of years, and then they exited Omaha and ended up laying me off. So I've had this rain cloud of layoffs over my head for many, many years. My husband's been laid off twice since college, and he's in accounting for private companies, the opposite of ConAgra, family-owned. And I said, you know, I'm sick of not getting anywhere and busting my booty. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can. Yeah, no. Yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> Busting my ass. And so I was like, give me two years. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. If it doesn't work out, I'll go back to ConAgra. I'll get laid off again. He was like, is this a hall pass? And I'm like, no, I'm not you. I'm not going to watch Sports Center in my underwear every day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and he was like, okay, I trust you. Let's do it. <clears throat> and so then I started my company. So I have a celebration company. It's called Details by DeFonso. So I was asked by a former manager, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I literally had no idea. I was like, who gets to do what they want? And being in sales before, um, I imagined how hard it would be to be an entrepreneur, but you don't know until you do it, like anything else. But yeah, it's a thousand percent hustle all the time. You're exhausted. Um, and I've had it, I've had it good. I've had a lot of people invested in my success that have helped me and given me breaks and I'm very well networked in Omaha. And so it's a lot about who, you know, and not necessarily what, you know. Um, but yeah, it's been a crazy journey for sure. 
So when you, so, so a manager asked you, what do you want to do? Like, and, and how did this, like, how did that come to this yeah. business? So I was like, well, I love to throw parties. I love to entertain and I'm a marketing background. So that was my education and what I love to do. <clears throat> so I was like, how can I combine the two? So I really bring it back to my childhood and the foundation of my life, which became the foundation of my company. Uh, so I was born in Council Bluffs, Omaha. I was born to a single mother. She worked at Pizza Hut, an eight-year-old brother. We were broke. We had nothing. So we lived with my grandparents. So my grandparents pretty much raised me those early years that are so important. So they would take me to a place to volunteer called The Cupboard. And the cupboard is a place you can go every six months, excuse me, every six weeks and get six items that aren't food stamps. So diapers, things you need. Right. So before we'd go and volunteer, they'd take me to garage sales. So we'd get hats, mittens, stuffed animals, toys. And my job at the cupboard was to give these gifts after I packed up the six items. And just to see the gratitude in these children's eyes that come from nothing. I came from nothing. So it had a profound impact on me that I could create this experience that meant so much doing so little. Um, and so that's really how it started. Gifting, giftology is a science, believe it or not. A lot of people have never heard of that word. Um, Who's the author of that book? Isn't there a book, Giftology? I'm sure there's many. a couple. Okay. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I know our uh, outreach coordinator just started reading it and I just saw it oh, on her cool. desk. So yeah. I was just like, I thought it was really interesting. Well, I'll probably write the next one. So <laughs> okay. <stay tuned>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want to hear about it. Uh, yeah. So I was just like, you know, it's not about the gift. It's about the people. And so I started researching. I had four months between when I found out I was getting laid off from the time I decided to start my company. And so that's where it started. And I. And how went, old were you working at, at the, you know, the cupboard? Oh my gosh. My earliest memories. I have no idea. But I mean, you, were you, were you, was a aw child, were you yeah. aware of it? Like, were you like, wow, this is crazy? Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't until I started it that it really, I started thinking about it because I had to start presenting myself. And when you're talking about a company to people that, the company doesn't exist yet. You really have to think, what am I doing <laughs> and why? Right. Um, you know, and that's why I have been so successful because it is genuine. It is authentic and it's my story and I own it. And it's not about sales. I don't sell to anyone. All my clients are direct referrals, 100% organic growth because it works. You just, people want to be appreciated. Right. Absolutely. So your business essentially is, is entertainment. I mean, can you kind of break me down? So you, absolutely. You get this I know idea. no one understands yeah. what I do. I'm still learning what I do. It's only been 15 months since I started my company. So I'm still a newbie. Um, but it's a celebration company. I primarily do annual gift subscriptions. So employee appreciation, client appreciation, and then friends and family. So Let's say it now can did, be for any industry. So. so so now did you just like, did you find this or did you kind of like say, I want to do this? No, I just started doing gifts for people and it just evolved and you pivot. And so, so I heard UNO because I went to UNO and graduate from the University of Nebraska, Omaha, um, but they'll help you do a business plan for free. So I started there and then I was like, oh my God, I have like 10 business plans. I need way more help. I'm good at sales, customer service. I'm good at certain things, but I've never started a company. I need help. Um, and that's when I found the Startup Collaboration. So it's a nonprofit through the Omaha Chamber of Commerce. 
And it's a program created by founders for founders to radically improve the odds of startup success. So they're kind of like, a f- it's not free, but it might as well be. A free board of directors that give you advice and help you scale in a technology world. Um, so they really have helped me substantially. I love this. So, so essentially, if I'm getting it sh- straight, you're essentially helping understand the people that are receiving the gifts, like understanding who they are as people, like like very high emotional intelligence. Then it takes to do what you do, right? It's not rocket scientists, but, but I mean, you know, it, but for some people, they don't understand the etiquette, and you know, if you're giving someone a gift, no one wants a gift about you. They want it to be about them. That's the whole reason you're making them feel appreciated. Can Can you take me through that process? Like, what does that look like? Absolutely. So it's making whoever you're giving the gift feel appreciated as they are. Right. Because that's why you're giving them the gift. And for you, it's staying top of mind, building that trust, building that relationship and showing your gratitude. So you would just email me or Facebook me or Instagram me, call me, text me, Mm -hmm. lots of ways. Um, And just say, hey, here's my occasion. Here's my budget. I want to do a gift. And then I'll provide some suggestions for you. Okay. And then I'll deliver it. I'll deliver it to you, the gift receiver. So can can I? So if we were, if I wanted to, like, let's say Austin's doing a great job helping produce this oh, thing, yeah. right? So so I say, That's hey, right, I want to get I want to get Austin a gift. Yeah. How do we? How 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 does that process work? That's what I'm wondering. Like, how do we? Do you get to do you get to know Austin through me? So you can get a, him a better gift, or I, I, I guess I'm confused as to how we well, it's, tailor it. Depends on the client, because some people know nothing about their clients, and some people are like financial advisors, and they know their hopes and dreams. And mm-hmm. so, if you know something about them, oh, they love corgis. Then mm-hmm. I'll find some cute corgi thing and blow their mind. Okay. If you know nothing, um, then I have very general things that I do for people. So it just depends. But so a lot of my clients are like, I want to send them wine. And I'm like, okay, what kind of wine? And they're like, I have no idea. And I'm like, we're not sending them wine. Mm -hmm. Because if you sent me a bottle of Chardonnay, I would re-gift it for sure. Right. (laughs) Yeah, wine's tough. Yeah. So it's really just, if I know nothing, Omaha's so small, a lot of times I can troll people on social media and find someone that knows them and ask them a question. Okay. Um, So do you you see yourself, do you do that a lot? Like, are you, are you kind of saying, okay, I know that this is the clientele. I know this is probably going to be like a good. Yeah. Most people can give me three things they know about the gift recipient and I can come up with something nice. So for example, I just did a gift for a real estate agent that had a closing gift and they're like, well, they love margaritas and they have an indoor pool. And I was like, done pool party. So I got margaritas and glasses and towels and it's about the experience. It's about they're going to tend 10 people how awesome you are, and at least one of those is going to reach out to you. Right. All, all based on the gift, you think? Oh, absolutely. So with the Startup Collaborative, I had to do over 100 surveys and interviews for my consumer clients and my business clients to validate my problem statement, make sure that my solution there was a need for and, you know, you have real estate agents just grab T-shirts out of their swag bins. The T-shirts do not fit these people. So not only have you insulted them, they're going to tell 20 people about it. And it's all about your brand, all about your reputation. There's, what, 3,000 real estate agents in Omaha? I don't know. But why you? Why are you different? How are you differentiating yourself? Right. Especially in these times where we are social distancing. People miss people not everyone i mean but for the most part i would agree with that absolutely and a lot of people 
in that I help either seem to be way busier or way slower. So how are you taking advantage of either opportunity? Um, it's time to be innovative and adapt to our world. It's not time to just sit and wait. Absolutely. That's yeah. how you fail. Yeah, this is where like the, the, the people who are moving in this space, like right now and really like changing the way they're looking at the world, I feel like are, are massively taking advantage of what's going on. In a good way, in a positive way, I think they're. I think like I'm seeing a lot of people. It just seems like health is is more front of mind, family's more front of mind, and I'm just like, wow. I was just I was just talking to a friend, and I was like, this is mind blowing to me. It feels like the more we slow down, I think in America we're just like go go go, and I, that's how I am too. I'm like, okay, next goal, like next goal, oh, yeah. let's go get it. But it, it's it's amazing when you start to find that when you focus on friends and you focus on family and you focus on your health and your well being. It seems like the business starts to take off in a really healthy way too. It's like so, it's almost counterintuitive. You think, okay, I got to work hard and I got to hustle every day and like I don't have time for these other things, but it's not true. It's this balance. Absolutely. And I think in America, we just, we miss it so much. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I started my company because I got to work from home. I got flex hours. I had opportunities. I have one child. I'm not having any more. So I want to be the mom at the parties and the bake sales and um, it's just so important having that balance. If I work at eight o'clock at night instead of eight in the morning, as long as it's performance based, it really shouldn't matter. And do you feel happier now? I mean, like there's more stress, but the happiness level has got to be. Oh, absolutely. I, I have learned so much. It's incredible. And since I was working the job where they knew they were going to lay me off, you know, I was asking for more work. I couldn't get promoted. And frankly, it was a boys club because, that's how it works a lot of places. So as a woman, you know, it's important for me too. And that's part of my story. So my grandma and my great grandmother that, you know, helped raise me, they didn't get driver's license. They couldn't have a job. Their job was to raise the family. There was no opportunity. There was no option. I remember my great my grandmother was 98. I was in college and she wanted to help me do my homework. I'm like, you've never used a computer. This is mm -hmm. absurd. <laughs> um, but they're part of my inspiration to just own it and dominate. And if you don't, you fail and you're 10 times smarter and whatever. So... so the big thing for like looking at, at like running your own business or building it or growing it organically, a thing that I'm really focused on for me right now is this whole, like, I, I talk about it and I've been talking about it a lot in a lot of these podcasts is this emotional intelligence piece, intelligence piece. And I feel like what I'm learning is like, as a man, I like come off as a lot of masculine energy, right? Like I'm like drive, 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 hunt, kill, you know, bring it back to, you know, <laughs> eat, you right. And it's, and it's, and I'm realizing that I need to come more into the feminine, right? Of like, of like how I lead and how I listen and how I understand people. And I say, Hey, tell me how, how that's affecting you. How can we look at this differently? How can I shift my paradigm and say, Oh, I see it from your perspective, man, if we just tweak this and this, this is going to help you. And it's going to help me too. And I'm realizing that, you know, like I've missed a lot of that because I'm like, go, go, go in this like masculine energy. And now I'm realizing like when, as I turn and I shift my paradigm to listening and allowing and holding space, yeah, and holding right, and holding space for people, right, so they can have yeah. they can have the time to let go. And even sometimes it's not listening. Sometimes it's like say what you need to, and I can hold the space for you as long as you need. If you want to just think for a minute, 
We don't always have to be talking. Or I can send a memo and you can tell me in three days after you have time to think right. about it. Yeah, exactly. And then, But then you hold that space and say, hey, I'll check back in three days and see how it's yeah. going. And so as, as a woman and, and as a business owner, are, have you noticed like a shift in like energies, like, like where you're driving like really hard, like masculine energy shifting there and then shifting back? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Um, I do. And I think I've always had masculine energy. I think that is part of my success because you have to keep up with everyone else and you have to not be so sensitive and emotional. Otherwise, you get placed in a certain bucket. Um, I've done a lot with leadership and leadership conferences and event planning. So when I was at ConAgra, I was head of the Women's Network. And it was part of their employee resource networks. They had seven different ones. But I worked a lot with leadership and mentoring and giving back. And it's just so important to have that balance. We all have things going on. And whether or not you bring it to work or you don't, emotionally, you're still bringing it to work. You still need that release. And so it's just about simple as asking, how are you? what's going on if you're good you're good if someone starts breakdown crying you know it's just about and that's what the world needs right now we all need empathy and when you look at our political system and i'm not here to talk politics but leaders are different than managers and i think most successful entrepreneurs are born leaders they know they get it um doesn't mean they were that way the first time but it's just it's a different world when you're you're in charge of your team. You don't just expect what they can do, but you lead them and you, and you, and you set the example. And you care. Yes. Because you can say, you know, how are you and be very insincere. You know, that's what I'm realizing. It's like, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's and how you, you show up. if you listen to the answer, I can say, how are you? And then disconnect look at my phone. And, yep. Yeah. So, so. I love this whole idea of this gifting. So that's the business, right? So you just, you, you get, you find these, fit these, and then take a, a percentage on top of, is that kind of how it works? Yeah, I charge it as a service. Um, is it a percentage of like the gift experience or is it just like a f- fee? It really just depends on the client. Cause I have clients I do like a gift a day for, and then I have random people. So it's all, it's all different, but in general, it's that Midwestern value. The mm-hmm. reason I've been so successful is because it's, a value. I create a value for people. Right. You know, I said, it's not rocket science. A lot of people know how to give gifts and a lot of people don't, you know, even funerals, they're uncomfortable with the etiquette and they don't want to be responsible where a lot of my clients, they're spending the exact same amount, but they're just outsourcing it. And I'm doing it because I'm better at it and I know how to get deals and I can do things myself. Um, I take a lot of business from High V. <laughs> okay. You know, the vase that High V sells for $20, I can get at the Goodwill for $4.99 and then buy the flowers and still do it a delivery half the price of High V. So it's creating a value where you're able to appreciate more people more often and stay top of mind. I love that. So you're kind of hacking this whole gifting that everyone. Shh, don't tell. <laughs> right, but I mean, you're you're, you're hacking, you're you're hacking, gifting, and saying, hey, you don't have to go here and do this cookie cutter thing. I can make it more personal. Absolutely, and customization can, yep. is why I'm so successful because it is about them and it is strategic. So a lot of my clients, every single person, does a ton of gifts at Christmas, 
And I say, don't do that because everyone else is doing it. People are stressed out. You're lost you in know, the shuffle. Just send, yeah, exactly. Send a Christmas card with you and some ugly sweaters with your kids. They will appreciate that more. But they don't listen. Mm-hmm. So we do it anyway. But we do it in a way that they will continue to reuse that gift. And every time they do, they'll think of you. So I do a lot of custom ornaments for families where they have all the names or I did a lot of um, doormats with the old red truck with their last name. And I got so much feedback and they're like, my dad had that truck. Like I cannot get that truck out of my head. And it's just when your financial advisor is giving you a better gift than your husband and your kids and Mm -hmm. anyone else, you tell everyone and then they tell other people and then they come to you. And so, and so the idea really in your mind is even if it's this, this whole branding thing, it should be a word of mouth. Absolutely. So it's like so so many people are like, okay, I gave this gift, but I'm going to put my logo on. It's like, no, you're missing the entire point. It's like every time they see that, Matt, you're, they're thinking back to this amazing experience. And I don't even include their cards in the gift. They know who you are. And if they don't, why are you sending them a gift? And there's other marketing opportunities, but for you, for example, for a roofing company, it's so important that people know that you're local because there's so many storm chasers around here. So whether your goal is to get more referrals or get more affidavits or get more social media recommendations, everything's based on your individual needs. Different industries, different people need different things. Why do you think business owners are so misled in this gifting like space? Why do you think they think that giving a branded what do you think the the psychology is behind all like because it's 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 systemic i think they're just there's there's not a lot of good options out there i mean you order a fruit basket online for 100 bucks where i can make it for 20 and still make a profit and a lot of it is people are doing it last minute so i really focus on the annual gift subscription break down the year look at your crm your clients have birthdays, anniversaries, a lot of financial advisors, you know, they have plenty of money, their clients. So we make it about their kids. What is important to you? For me, the biggest things that matter in my life are my time and my family and everything I do depends on that. Right. And so giving a gift to you that, that has something to do with tying in, giving you an amazing experience with your family, your absolutely, that's, that's what I would give you. Yeah, and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't know. I'll give them a gift card. Gift cards are good. Um, you know, even a lot of advice I give people can do on their own. You don't need me if you have the time. Most people I work with don't have the time. They're super successful, and they want to keep growing. So a handwritten note. Huge. Huge. A card is 50 cents. A stamp is 50 cents. Takes five minutes. And... People just want to be acknowledged. So so are you finding, like, do you have a lot of people that do that then? That do the handwritten cards? Um, I mean, I do it for some people. A lot of people will do it when they meet people. My biggest focus is on referrals. So if send you someone sends you a referral and you have closed business and you make money and you do not acknowledge it, you are a fool because they will continue to do it over and over. And a Salesperson costs $100,000. So all of a sudden, I have 50 free salespeople in Omaha telling everyone how awesome I am. You're damn right they're going to get a gift. They're going to get a gift every single time. Um, I had a client. She emailed someone and 
the realtor sold a million dollar house and cut her a check. And she's like, well, I only sent an email. And they're like, good, do it again. Pretty simple. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how simple it is. I think we just, it's, it's this busyness. It's like, we're thinking quantity over quality. And it's like, Absolutely. you have to dive into each individual person. Because I do know when you do have a really good connection with somebody it, in a sale, right? And it becomes more than a sale and it becomes more than a number, which is what you always go for. It just naturally becomes this level of like, hey, let me get you. We talked about this restaurant and let me go get that for you. And and then all of a sudden your call, your phone is ringing because it's like, hey, such and such Absolutely, sent me your, yeah. your business. And it just organically happens sometimes. But it's it's sometimes about systematizing the organic thing, right? I mean, and having someone like you that would come in and say, hey, like we got to figure this out. So on a system, we can get this sent out so we can try to create this experience across the board, not just on these one off, one out of 50 or one out of 25 people get this experience. We really want to make it a little bit broader. Yeah. And referrals are so important because they're coming to you and they already trust you. You're not in sales. You're not a roofer. You're Joe down the street who my grandmother loves and I automatically trust you because you took care of my grandmother and you don't have to work. You don't have to pay your marketing fees. You just have to give a $25 gift that says, I appreciate you. It is amazing how little the money matters behind it. Well, I've had someone send me a birthday card and they're like, remember, I'm here for all your real estate needs. And I'm like, it's my birthday. Like, I know you're a real estate agent. And so it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. You can, you can, you can really almost, offend some people if you do not do it correctly. Um, so it is a delicate balance. It, it's amazing. Customization, do you think, is a big thing? I think you said earlier. For sure. Because that's what I'm starting to realize. Like, I, I'm fairly successful and, and, and money isn't like I can buy what I want. You don't want another coffee mug. Right, right. And so it's like I've the, the gifts that have been- but but sometimes the small ones like like I got golf tees customized golf tees nice was a gift and I'm like that was probably ten ten dollars who, who who made that who gave it to you my sister awesome so but I was like and every every holiday like her gifts are the most inexpensive gifts under the tree and they mean more to me than almost anything else absolutely one was a keychain I was like it just was like exactly me like I was like oh my gosh like that was really cool that you were really thinking about me. And it's amazing. Like, I think I put so much value on the dollar figure sometimes of gifts I'm giving. And I'm realizing that that is so, that's super counterintuitive. Just because it's worth more doesn't mean it provides any more value. It sometimes can actually be the opposite. Oh, yeah. I have clients hire me just so they don't go into Target because they'll spend like three times as much as they were going to. And and do you, th do you think that, I'm saying the value is not really, it's it's the knowledge base behind it. It's the intent. And, and sure. so, so you have a business because... Do you think that people are missing on the intent? Do you think they're missing on the time or, or is it the quality? It's all the above. It just depends who you are. So my husband, for instance, he's part of my inspiration. I was like, for Christmas, I want these glittery slippers from J. Crew. This is all I want. So excited for my new slippers. And it's a scarf. I'm like, I have a two-year-old that is going to put snot all over this. I don't want a scarf. I wanted uh -huh. slippers. So I had to go back to J Crew, get my slippers. So why do you think that is as, as, as a man? Because I think a lot of men oh, are Oh, he in didn't like them. Isn't that interesting? But it's my gift. Isn't that interesting? Do you think that that... <laughs> do, you, do you see that... Like, like, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like women... Statistically, I feel like are better gift givers than men, and and I just do you do you notice that or not really, or is it awareness? 
It just depends on the client. Most of my clients are men, um, especially my consumer clients, because they have gift subscriptions for their wife. Um, but that just just taking the time to create a subscription for your wife is priceless because you'll never forget anything ever again because I'll remind you and have something ready every time. Some of my husbands, I deliver to them and they deliver to their wives. They don't know I exist, but they're very suspicious because they're getting good gifts. <laughs> the gift uh-huh. mistress. That's what your business should be called. I love, that. Um, yeah. I love that. I'll do mistress gifts too. I mean, as long as you pay me. I don't, <laughs> I'm not prejudiced. I'll do gifts for anyone. <laughs> She's like, I just want to give out them gifts. Um, so packaging, do you think packaging is important with gifts? Absolutely. I always judge my gifts by their cover. Um, the box, you know, there was a company in Omaha that had their name on their box and I know how much these boxes cost and that's not creating value to the gift recipient or their clients, building their brand, not yours. The more successful my clients are, the more successful I am because they just do more and more gifts. Right. Um, that's why my gifts have nothing to do about me because they're not for me. So, so I, I guess I'm trying to like, I'm trying to understand conceptually because it, it makes hundred percent perfect sense to me why people would, to, would do this. I just wonder why we're missing so big. Do you, do you know, have you like seen the psychology? I mean, you're obviously working with quite a few people. Like, is it kind of the standard? Is it just the time mostly? I, most of it has to do with time because either, you know, you just put it off or in a lot of what I do for my client, or excuse me, my client's clients, I don't do for my own clients because I don't have time. And at this point, they understand that I'm a startup and I'm just, you know, barely treading water at this point. Um, so my CRM is not good and I'm not sending them birthday cards, um, but I do acknowledge every single referral every single one of my clients gets a gift and it's different tiers based on right level how yep. much revenue the client is bringing me um, but every single one is acknowledged and I've had very few clients not reuse me um, but I don't I don't provide a value to everyone I see a big value myself like looking at it it's it's, it's a it's a whole thing but you just it's it's interesting to see like how like you'd see why it would be a word to mouth business yeah. But man, with a little, with some marketing and some push behind it, I mean like, wow, I had never even, before having this conversation, never even thought about that. Like, and I've had so many new consumer clients since March just because the social distancing and everyone's on social media more and they're like, I have three kids at home. I have no time. I want to acknowledge these people that helped me during my maternity leave. I had no idea people did this stuff. And I have you know, clients that have cancer and they don't want to be out and, you know, I just do porch delivery. So it really has been so important to stay connected during this time. I've done chalkway or chalkway driveway chalk messages, you know, to grandparents just saying, I love you and I miss you. And that's, that's all they care about. So let's dive deeper. So what's the plan? Like, are you, are you, are you wanting world domination? Are you wanting to keep it just, just consistent like and and have freedom? The plan is to create a process where I am able to scale what I'm doing. Because right now I'm not. um, And I need an e-commerce platform. But the problem is I don't want to invest all this time and energy until I had a real sense of the market and the market demand. Because it's about what people need. It's not about what I think is best. It's about what they need. So, um, 
In general, I'd love to be skinny girl and create an empire, like almost skinny girl, not so skinny, but yeah. <laughs> and then blow up, sell my company and be a full-time philanthropist and travel the world with my daughter. Like mm-hmm. that would be ideal for me. And and is that kind of like- You knew me first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw podcast, right? <laughs> Episode six, way back. Oh, I'll bring you with me. And that's what's so important. I do a lot of networking where we are so loyal to each other. And it doesn't mean that I switch you to your, you're my financial advisor now, but it's, we support each other. And it's become a very important thing as an entrepreneur because I'm used to having this strong team that has way more experience that I am that can guide me and help make decisions. And that's the scariest thing. You make every decision and you can read everything and you can listen to podcasts and you can educate yourself, but it still comes down to intuition and what your dream is. Do you notice some decision fatigue as you've gotten into this now? Like like with with having all the decisions on you, is there some days where you're just like, man, like, cause you're making a lot of decisions. This gift has to go here. This has to do this. Now what am I going to do with this part of my brand? How am I going to shift this? Like, do you notice some exhaustion from just simple dis- like decisions? Yeah, I'm exhausted. Um, but I think where I've suffered most is my website because I'm so indecisive and I want it to be perfect. And um, a very successful entrepreneur once told me done is better than perfect. 100 percent true yeah so and sometimes outsourcing that like the thing of it is that because i can't absolutely i can't do it i if if i mean austin's been with me when we tried to design websites and i'm just like no i want it this way and i like the font needs to be this much slimmer and he's like yeah he's like here i'm just you just stay out of this i'm gonna show you it when it's done that's what i'm doing with the i sell website right now i won't even show him the process yeah don't because it's terrible (laughs) i've tried tried to design a website with a night a really great company and like they were just like this never is getting off the ground like it was three months in and I'm like, okay, so where, where are we at? They're like, well, you still really haven't made decisions. You keep switching it. And that's why there's professionals. So I experienced that a lot. My best clients trust me and they'll probably start with professional and then they'll be like, oh my God, she's awesome. So then they'll do employee and then they'll do their friends and family. But my best clients just let me be creative. Let me make the decisions. They are never disappointed. It's the clients that are like, well, I want this, but I want it to be like this and that. They just drain me and I'm like, yeah. Let the person shine that you're hiring help to do you the or job. Not yeah. help you. Yep. It's it's amazing as people when we try to control the the process a lot of the times it actually suffers massively. And that has a lot to do with leadership as well. Yeah, you had to pick the right person and put them on on the right track and say, "Hey, I, now, now you got it." Like we we agree on the front side, I don't need to micromanage anything. I think micromanagement as as an entrepreneur is tough too because when it's your baby like Yeah, that's hard. Because do you have any employees so far? I have one employee and that's something I've struggled with is delegating things because yeah, you are, it's your, especially, and that's why I put my name on my company because it's my brand, my reputation. Um, and she's amazing. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Um, but there's certain things. Yeah. What's her name? Do you want to give her a shout out? Woo, woo, Erica Williamson. Very You're amazing. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting to use that button. <laughs> Um, so geez, that was like, that totally took me off guard there. Um, I like it with, with the, uh, with the, you know, having the employees and coming in and, and starting to build this is like, I just had uh Shan from tactical 88 or 88 tactical here in town. And it was, it was interesting to hear him just like how much passion and care he wanted to like keep it such. So, you know, like pure and like amazing. And it's, 
as you scale, because he scaled a pretty large business with, uh, what was it? Uh, what did he do before? Uh, Signal, 88, Signal 88, which was a security, security. business. And he was okay, just yeah. saying how hard it was to, you know, like let other people. You yeah. really can't. And it's, it's, it is the toughest thing, though, is because it really is like a, it's another kid. It is, yeah. And that's why I'm one and done. I'm like, my company is my second business. We'll thrive here. Bring my daughter with me. Um, but it's so intense. It really is. Do you have a pretty good support structure then at home, do you feel like? I mean, is that helping? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's so important. Um, and same thing, you know, the guy who did my website, he was like, I made one on Wix. He's like, this is trash. Get rid of it. I will do it for X amount. And X amount was like nothing. My ghostwriter who did my blogs, all these people genuinely care about my success. And so they give me these deals, you know, but that's part of doing side jobs and helping people. And I help them tenfold in response. So it's really just about having that commitment to each other and being faithful. You know, I do a lot of networking and I don't know, I don't just recommend one roofing company because depending on the area of town or what they're looking for, um, there's lots of different opportunities. But word of mouth, Omaha is so big, small, and there's so much money in Omaha. It's incredible. That is insane. Um, so I'm trying to get mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Warren Buffett, I'm here for you. Need some gifts? Yeah. It, it would be really amazing if Warren Buff Buffett listened to this show. I have Warren Buffett pint glasses. So I got him from Mr. Engineered. I have over 25 local vendors that do handmade items in Nebraska for me. You know, but it's stuff you can't get from China. You can't get from eBay. Can't get from Amazon. So for the people that have everything, which is most of us because we're spoiled. Yep. Um, it means something. It's something that you've never seen before. And you're like, they really care about me enough to do this. Let's dive back. So starting the business, going, using some of these resources, like how, what was that experience like for people who are thinking about starting a business? Like, was it amazing? Were you glad you leaned on those resources? Oh, absolutely. You need all the help you can get. I need all the help. Give. It's just like having a job. It takes a village. Um, being an entrepreneur, whether you're a serial entrepreneur and you've succeeded, failed, sold, bought multiple companies, it's still such a journey and it's also different. Um, my advice would be talk to people, do your homework, um, get some mentors, get some advocates. A lot of my success has to do with, yeah, she's new in the industry, but guess what? She knows her shit. And it's the people that can vouch for you. Get a lawyer, get an accountant, um, you know, use the internet. We did my LLC just by Googling, how do you do an LLC in Nebraska? And we saved tons of money. Right. Do you notice that you get a lot of clients off of like meetings like that? Like early on, did you notice like I get go to an attorney and then the attorney and like your attorney ends up helping you with, or ends up giving you business? Uh, sometimes it just depends. I mean, a lot of people just use Amazon or give them cash. You know, um, I just did a referral for Monster Tree. I have a guy that did a, used him on a couple of properties and he sent me a hundred dollar gift card for each property. And I'm like doing a shopping spree at Baker's. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> free groceries. <laughs> so, but I mean, that, can, that keeps you going. But it just being acknowledged. Yep. Even if you would have sent me a $5 Starbucks card, I still would have been like, sweet. Free coffee. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, sometimes it's, it's relative to what they're making, yeah. right? So it doesn't really matter to the 
to you, but to them, they know what yeah. the value was. So, and I don't do a lot of gift cards because my company is about making money, you know, yep. and I can only charge so much to buy someone a gift card. Um, so, but they're they're awesome. Who doesn't want anything free? But I don't want a bunch of candy bars. Like I'm already quarantine fifteen. Like ooh, summer's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it is so true. Um, so with with so the the resources and you talk a lot about networking. That's one thing. Like so important. Give 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 some advice on like networking. Like when people like I have so many people come up to me and they're like, hey, you know. I am just nervous around these networking groups. I'm so nervous when I go to these events. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Like that is so many people. It is. And I, I actually have that experience because I think I'm an introvert that trained myself to be an extrovert because I saw like how awesome these people were that had friends and they're popular. I'm like, okay. Um, so for me, I love happy hours because after like a couple of cocktails, I'm like way more interesting, mm-hmm. at least to myself, who knows, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but definitely it's about your, it's just like your financial investments. You have different buckets. You don't want to invest in just one certain group. So I'm in formal groups where I pay money to be part of this networking group. And then I'm in women's groups. I'm in mom's groups. So my husband last year was in the ICU for a couple weeks and so intense because I was an entrepreneur. I have a toddler at home. I'm all by myself being a single mom and running a company, you know, but these people rallied behind me and they would do anything for me, whether it's social media recommendations or telling people about me or bringing me soup because I don't know what I'm doing with my life at this moment. Um, People just, they need to be connected, and which is hard for a lot of people right now. So many people miss other people. And that's why my services are so great because you can acknowledge those people and stay top of mind without giving them coronavirus. Right. So when you said you had to train yourself from being an introvert to being becoming an extrovert, what was that process like for like so because that's the biggest thing like I hear from so many people are like, I just want I wanna do it. I just don't know how. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is just listening and nodding because people want to talk about themselves. And that was one of the biggest mistakes I made initially is because I was so nervous. I just kept talking and talking and talking and talking. They're like, okay, get it. Um, Just it's it's making a human out of someone instead of assuming, oh, they're just a sales guy or they just want to sell me a house or they're like, oh, they have two kids. They're an awesome guy. He's super sweet. Um, that's what it's about. It's it's a connect. It's a real connection. Yeah. It's it, and that's it's like seek first building to be- that trust because I'm not gonna recommend you to someone I just met you. This is the first time I've met, but once I see you weekly or monthly, then you're like, oh gosh, he's so awesome. I would trust him with my firstborn. Like, yep, have my baby. I don't care. Yep, yep. And it's like I, I think it's the big thing is like seek first to be interesting. Oh no, interested, and then and then to be interest. Right? How am I doing that? Seek first to be interested, and then you will become interesting. Yeah, and that so a lot about networking is just building a relationship. So when I have people that reach out to me, and then we have a coffee, and they try to sell something, I automatically. And disgusted because I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted your service, I know what you do. I will call you. Right. But it's about the person. It is so important. It's, it's, you know, this life that we live is a long game. 
And that's the thing I'm starting to realize is like, man, this this is like we get to live like another life, a whole nother life from where we're at right now. Yeah. And it's like if we just stop worrying about getting that sale immediately and do focus on the relationships and do focus on building and do focus on putting value first and 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 you know, the jab, 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 right hook, right? It's like give, yeah. give, give. And then when you're ready, then you can ask. Absolutely. And, and but you get you've made all these small deposits into this bank account so you can make a withdrawal and it doesn't and it doesn't go negative. Yeah, and a lot of it is planting the seed. A lot of people I meet, I'm like, hey, here's what I do. I just educate them. If they like it, they'll call me. If not, you know, a lot of people don't need my services, but they tell other people. Um, but it's definitely just don't try to don't try to sell people that don't want what you're selling. It's like people who come to my house and try to sell me like a thing that go. I don't know, what are they called? A satellite for my house? Like, right. No, I don't even have cable anymore. I just watch Netflix because I started my own company in budget cuts, okay? Right. I don't want your satellite. <laughs> don't come to my house and knock on my door. Right. So, so do you think that, you know, like, because we are a big door, to, we do do a lot of door knocking, and so I'm, I'm interested oh, in no. this. I want to, I know, I want to, no, no, <laughs> not satellites, though. No, no, I do want to dive into that, because I think it's interesting. So, I feel like the easiest sales are usually the ones that they do need the service, right? Or yeah. they do want what you have. Well, there's hail all the time. Right. People always need roofs, and... And so, in, you know, in this very densely popula populated space of ours, you know, we have... 380 roofing companies in Omaha and another 300 people in a truck that don't have a roofing company yes. or a license that are doing it as well. So we have very large amount of competition for the amount of homes that, you know, need roofs. And so to do that, you have to kind of stand out and you have to go grind and you have to go hustle and you have to go talk to a lot of people. And, and we find the best way is to get in front of them right at the yeah. door or whatever. And well, and you're directly sourcing an area that was hit by hail or something, right? right you're not right. just, you know, it's strategic and that's the point. Correct. And it, there, there should be some value in the service, but what I want, I want to dig into because it's really fun. That we have a lot of people that are in door to door that listen to this. Okay. And so, and it's a whole space. It's like how we built this business. It was, was door to door yeah. because we found a, a, you know, to not to get into too much, but we found a really specific problem, targeted that, and that's how we went from a small business to a medium-sized business and then a medium-sized business to a large business, yeah. was just targeting people who had specific needs, and then it was very easy to sell, right? Because yeah. it was like, you have this issue, we've solved this issue, would you like to do this? Yes. And and it sometimes took five or six or seven times, but I think the door-to-door the -door thing, I think, gets such a bad rap with consumers and so I'm, I'm interested from your perspective, you know, what is it that you don't like about when someone comes and knocks on your door? Like what's like the first gut, gut feeling? I mean, I feel that my, I'm just being invaded and it's invasive to yep. me and you're doing it differently than people come to my door. And I can obviously get a no soliciting sticker. I probably should after right. this conversation. <laughs> you, it, it's really funny. So we, we were at this door at our conference and we actually decided to go and sell no soliciting signs door to door. It was like the funniest. Nice. It was, it was, and it was amazing to watch these people. They were just like, Oh yeah, I actually totally want one of those. I, I thought actually, it was so amazing. I did buy one door to door thing. And that was someone who paints the numbers on your curb. Was it was it younger someone that was younger? Or, oh my or, gosh, I don't remember. Because that's what um, 
one my girlfriend's kids she's like nine and she's like what do i what do i need to do and i was like oh my gosh we should get you into this curb painting like i'll like we'll get you a business set up and we can i can teach you how to like go door to door and sell these and, and then we can install them and and i just think like that hustle is so lost you know like the, the, the lemonade stand is super cool and it's allowing customers to come to you but sometimes when you're getting started you don't have that luxury yeah. of waiting for customers to come to you you almost have to go out and get it and so but i, I think it's interesting how you say it. it's like you feel like I'm being invaded. And that's, I talk to my guys all the time. It's like, when I, when we go to a door, it's like, Hey, 15 seconds, we're doing inspections tomorrow. If you'd like, it's this or this time and we can get out of your hair. And I've just find so many people like, Oh, hallelujah. I don't have to listen to a 30 minute sales yeah. pitch at the door. It's like, yeah, I'm interested. No, I'm not. And then they can move forward. And it's just, but it's got such a bad rap because it is this hard closing, hard pushing industry of just like, go, go, go. And it's really that intelligence to say, Hey, this Lady's probably cooking dinner. She's probably with her family. They're watching a movie, whatever. I don't want to disturb this space, right, that she's in. It's just like, hey, I'm here for this purpose. It's going to take me 15 seconds to explain this. Are you in or you out? Yeah. And I feel like people are really resonating with that. We've really changed our structure to that of quick hit. Hey, this is what we're doing. This is the times. Does it work for you tomorrow or not? It's yeah. completely free. Well, it's very intentional and strategic, and it's different than just anyone going door to door. For me, I think it's all about the education. So being in these networking groups, I never knew there was like storm chasers, you know, that cause all these problems. So just seeing roofers present what it means to be local and educating me, it's really opened my eyes because once again, I saw you as the sales guy at my door, but now I see you as someone who's helping me and protecting my family. So I, the education piece I think is so important, but it's also about efficiency could direct mail do something just as good as you're doing or no because people need that personal connection to answer questions that they have and to get on their roof and show them a picture yeah and i think it's about like i always tell my guys it's like hey let's let's focus on providing a massive amount of value with value is key without taking a lot of time and it's it's so funny how that's what you're talking about even in your business is like i'm helping give them more time with the things that they love be, by doing this for them. And I, it's something I love. Well, and as Midwesterners, we're all about value. So many people that I know that have so much money, you cannot tell. You know, where my husband, he used to live in Orange County where no one has any money because they just spend it on trying to impress everyone else and they're all very unhappy. And because it's so expensive. <laughs> I mean, you live in a house that's $800,000 and it's like two bedrooms. Yeah. And you have no yard and traffic's awful and the education system's awful. So that's what I love about Omaha because the education's awesome. The cost of living, the employment rate, traffic. And I think here we're so used to that. Um, it's, it's expected to a point. And customer service is also the other thing that no longer exists that it has helped me and every other industry be successful because that's a way to differentiate yourself that people is just a lost art. It is so crazy how lost it is. I was just at the hardware store and I was like, my goodness, like these, these employees do not have any connection to the brand at all. They don't, they could give, they could care less. Yeah. And I just, I've never felt that like that personally. If I work somewhere, I always want to be the best representative of that brand, but it is amazing to see how much that has just fallen off lately 
Uh, especially, I mean, in the last 10 years, I feel like it's really starting to decline. And, and But it's fun because for people who are doing it right, they really can make big leaps and bounds above their competition because the cus- customer care is everything. Yeah. And, you know, and that goes back to the foundation of being authentic and care about what you're doing. And if you don't, do something you do care about. And not everyone has that luxury exactly. Um, I still have anxiety dreams about working with at Sprint. I worked at Sprint for eight years working AT&T. with the public. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, two years like, was my first sales job. That'll, that'll be my second book. Working with the public is awful. Yeah. Everyone should have to do it, though. Yeah, just I, like they say everyone should waitress. Yeah, I, but I, I really do think so. Like, I, I was a bartender and a server and a busser and, and then got into AT&T and cell phones. And it's like, that has taught me so much. I'm like... I will never go back. Do you have dreams? Oh, all the time. Oh my god! Like awful. like anxiety, like true yeah, deep yeah, yeah, down yeah. Like, gut filled. What sweating. happened there, guys? <laughs> what happened? You'll have to read places? my second book. <laughs> <laughs> have you, did you not do any serving or anything like that? No, I did. I did. I just don't. Uh, I was he serves a good the public time. all the time with his comedy. Yeah, I mean, Obviously. I got. Yeah, I have anxiety about that. <laughs> Has everyone throwing a tomato at you or something? No, but like showing up to do like a stand-up gig and it's like six people in a conference room (laughs) at a hotel, like I'm a stripper or something. (laughs) Yeah, it's traumatizing. That's funny because I always say I would be a stripper before I worked at retail again. Like if this doesn't work out and I would not be good at it, (laughs) especially with this quarantine 15. Like, oh, I'd be broke. (laughs) <laughs> Better stick to my path I'm on now. <laughs> Hit her up, guys. Uh, plug your website now no, so no, this no. doesn't Just happen to you. Just send to your mistresses. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with with all that being said and, and building your business and where, where it's headed, it sounds amazing. I'm super excited to see where it goes. I'm interested. I'm definitely yeah, going to hit you up on fun. that. Um, any any other little tidbits for people who are going and starting and and. And I'm sure this was, was this a tough jump or was it just something you knew you had to do? I knew I had to do it. And if I didn't do it now, I never would. Cause once you're too invested in a career and. Um, was it gut? Was it heart? Was it head? Or was it a combination of all of them? Everything. So I went to Europe by myself when I was 21 years old and it, I cried every day. I was shit my pants in front of a homeless man i have lots of what lots of stories uh, but what it taught me is to use my instincts and i think a lot of people don't <laughs> recognize the difference between impulse and instinct um but yeah i knew i was born to do something great and i didn't know what it was and I was always frustrated because I'm like, God, I wish I could be working on whatever I'm supposed to be doing. But of course, you know, my whole journey has evolved up into this point. The people I've met, the lessons that I've learned. Um, I really just try to listen to as many people as I can and learn their experiences and their failures. So I don't repeat those same things. And what, what are some things? Are you a podcast listener? Are you a book reader? Do you have mentorship? I know you talk about- All the above. You know, I really like in-persons. One of the best... Um, events I went to is a luncheon by David Brown. He's the CEO of the Omaha Chamber of Commerce. And the topic was influencing influencers. So when he came to Omaha to be the CEO, I think he had to get like 12 out of 12 yeses from the top CEOs of Omaha's companies. We're talking UP, TD Ameritrade, ConAgra. And that's intense. And if so, anyone can do that, I will listen to them and I will do what they tell me to do. But so many people 
focus on these MLMs or these business coaches on the internet. I had this one girl I was kind of mentoring and she had this woman that said, at any cost, I don't care if you have to have credit card debt and, you know, follow your dream. I'm like, absolutely not. Like, I don't have any debt because I couldn't sleep at night. Patience, though. I couldn't sleep at night. Patience. Oh, I don't have patience. But you do have patience because, like, you know, the whole thing just is, like, it's like, it. it's like shortcut this, put this on a credit card. It's like, no, just hang out for another month. Hang out for two. That's what I always tell people. Like, I'm, de- I'm debt free, too. Yeah. I've almost paid off my house. And it's like, that's so important to me because I, I feel like I have so much freedom and so much flexibility and movement. But as a business. So, you know, I, I'm not. People are like, why don't you have a. A store. Why don't you have a storefront? I'm like, because I don't want to fail because you have to pay thousands of dollars a month for a lease and I don't have a following. I don't have a brand and eventually I'll get to that point, you know, but it's just about being smart and there's plenty of people who have done what you're trying to do. So it's not reinventing the wheel. Um, it's collaborating. I'm a huge collaborator. It's about who you surround yourself with. And so you're all mobile, right? Absolutely. And I love that. I mean, it sounds like your business, it seems like that would be the perfect fit. Yeah. And I actually have a mobile gift boutique. So think of like a food truck concept, but it's a cute little retail truck. Okay. Um, and I haven't brought it out this season. I won't bring it out this year just because what's going on. But I paid cash. It was an ex-barbecue competition. So my inspiration, Hello Ruby, she has a woman's boutique and she has a truck. So before I started my company, I met with her once again, ask others, they'll give you advice. And I was like, how can I do it lower risk? So I was like, I'll get this trailer. It's half the price of the new one. It already had air conditioning. It already had electricity. There's no insurance. There's no brakes. There's no, there's no bills. It's yep. paid for. And if everything goes bad, I can just sell it. Risk kind of reducing very the risk. low risk, yep. and you know eventually that may not be the case. Right, but there's there's a provision. Yeah, for until that. you find out that you have something. Can you talk to me about that? Like, how is that is that is that showing up the way you thought it was going to show up? Like with the with the mobile boutique, or is is it better or worse than you were thinking, or different? Uh, very different, because that was my first thought of what I was going to do, is sell things out of this boutique and basically have like a little retail store for local companies that I resell their items. Um, but there's so much more money in B2B. And once I started doing things, you just pivot and you do what works and you evolve and you go with what the demand is. Yep. Um, so I think eventually I'll probably just rent it to people because there's a lot of people that have small businesses that can't afford to just start a company. It's their side hustle. So if I can help someone I love with what I already have, maybe make cash, maybe not. I mean, it. I I just want to help people. Um, yeah, do so resets important. in the booth and you can have different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'd be super, super yeah, cool. Yeah. Pop-up so, shop trailer. Yeah, because a lot of people will bring it to the farmer's market, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of work. You know, in the summer, like eight hours at Benson Days. So how how are you? I mean, it just seems like so much for one person to be doing. Like, how are you? How we talked about balance to start the podcast. Maybe we can end with that. Is is how are you staying balanced with having one person and buying all these gifts and delivering all these gifts and sidewalk chocks and fruit baskets and flowers and you know, like all. Man, I need a drink. (laughs) 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 Um, That is the perfect way to end because I've been. 
I've received feedback from other successful entrepreneurs saying, you're doing too many things good instead of one thing really good. And I think they're right, but I think I have to go through this to figure out what it's meant to be because a lot of people are like only do business, but I have so many consumers that they'll do something for their wife, but they may own a fortune 500 company and they just want to see where I'm going. Um, my baker and I were doing these cookie decorating classes that were huge and I can see that being its own franchise alone. So I, I agree with them, but I choose to not listen and do what I want because I know I have something big and I just have to figure out it may be 10 big things. You want to explore. Yeah. You know, I'm young. I gotta, I gotta figure things out. So just go for it. Explore and just keep, and you'll find it. Adventure. I'm all about adventures. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so great meeting you. This is a sweet setup you got here. Austin, thanks for another. Got it. Another microphone. Anytime. I'm talking into. (laughs) All right.